1: Welcome to the World War II Radio Podcast. Today we have another NBC News broadcast, this time from December 17, 1941, with war updates from Europe and the Pacific. The World War II Radio Podcast is a Brick Bickle Media production. If you like the show, please leave feedback on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. You can also support the show by clicking on the link in the show notes and offering your financial support your donations help us continue to produce the podcast. And thanks to those of you who have already donated. So thanks for listening and enjoy today's episode of the world war II radio podcast.
2: This episode is brought to you by FX's is the veil starring Elizabeth Moss. FX is the veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it, before thousands of lives are lost. FX is The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu.
0: United States forces have struck two telling blows against the Japanese in the Far East. The Army reports this morning from Manila that its planes raided the Philippine town of Vigan, where Japanese troops had established a beachhead and destroyed 26 Jap planes. Japanese fuel and military supplies also were destroyed. Admiral Thomas C. Hart reports the second success with the announcement that American submarines have made two successful attacks. A third sub-attack failed, and that's all the Admiral would say. He explained that submarines don't have to report on their missions until they return to their bases, but he had received advance information on these three attacks. Manila itself now has had no air raids for two days. As for the attack on two small Hawaiian islands by Japanese ships or submarines, the Navy indicates that it isn't going to be enticed away from its search for a real battle with the Japanese fleet by such tactics. And the latest information from the Far East is that the Marines still are gallantly defending those two tiny specks of American soil in the Pacific Ocean, Wake and Midway Islands. The Japanese are driving fanatically down the Malayan Peninsula, says London. They are still hundreds of miles from the British base of Singapore, but they're threatening Penang, the principal city in northwestern Malaya. The other big big, uh, British naval base in the Far East, Hong Kong, reports aerial attacks by the Japanese and artillery fire from the mainland. However, the Hong Kong defenders report they have silenced some of the guns the Japs have turned on Hong Kong. Singapore announces Japanese landings in British Borneo, but the English troops already had withdrawn destroying vital oil wells, refineries, and other important installations. The Red Army keeps on pushing the Germans back from the Moscow front. Today, the recapture of Kalinin is announced, and the Russians say they routed six Nazi divisions in the battle. The remnants of these German units are being pursued. The Berlin radio says, quote, German troops are shortening their lines in various sectors on the Russian front, unquote. Here in New York, the city council has passed a stiff law regarding violations of air raid alarm rules. A $500 fine, six months imprisonment, or both may be imposed for failure to obey obey air raid wardens during an attack, failure to take cover during a raid, failure of motorists to park cars and take shelter. The Admiralty in London says that an Italian general and 19 other officers were aboard a submarine sunk in the Mediterranean. The general was not among the 53 survivors who were made prisoners, the British said. The Japanese island of Formosa has been shaken by an earthquake. That's the official report of the Tokyo radio, which says that 190 persons were killed and 164 injured. A Dutch airplane has scored a direct hit on a Japanese destroyer. This was announced in a communique from Batavia. The communique said all Dutch planes returned safely. This Christmas season, delight your family every day with real Ward's tip-top cake. Tip-top in quality, tip-top in enjoyability. The wide variety of Ward's fruitcakes assures a festive treat for every taste at prices for every pocketbook. And don't fail to get tip-top wine loaf, tip-top silver queen, tip-top chocolate layer, to mention only a few of the delicious Ward's tip-top cakes. Above all, make this Christmas feast one your family won't forget by ordering Ward's Paradise Fruit Cake today, a matchless holiday institution, in its beautiful reusable blue and white Wedgwood style container, Paradise Fruit Cake is the distinctive Christmas gift too. Order it and get plenty of Ward's tip-top cakes from your grocer today. Give your family a tip-top Christmas season. This is Glenn Riggs inviting you to listen in to the morning news of the world at 8:45 tomorrow morning on WJZ. Presented by the makers of wards enriched rich, tip-top bread. This is the National Broadcasting Company.
2: Come in, San Francisco. London apparently is gloomy about Hong Kong holding out. But the latest word from the colony itself is that Americans there are all right... ...and that its fortifications are strong enough to resist all efforts at invasion... A mile away on Kowloon mainland, three Japanese gun positions are pictured as silenced... ...and air raid casualties are described as light so far. Perhaps the heaviest battle of the Far Eastern Theater is being waged on the Northwest Malaya Front. There the Nipponese are smashing forward in a drive aimed at Singapore. The Pacific Coast is being educated in the ways of war today. Civilians up and down the stretch of seaboard are busy memorizing rules... ...what to do in an air raid alarm how to spot Japanese planes, where to go if injured, how to deal with firebombs, and do your Christmas shopping early as that new meaning. Shop before noon. The stores are opening earlier in the morning, closing earlier in the evening. Last night, a familiar sight before the war came back to San Francisco. The cheerful glow of neon lights, the business district's coat of many colors, was restored to the city. This after a neon blackout of over a week. Those now in operation conform to the new ordinance. They no longer run on time clock devices and can now be put out manually at the moment the warning signal sounds. Governor Olson has called on California's legislature to convene in a special session on Friday to make appropriations for the State Guard and augment the state's emergency fund. Meanwhile, San Diego has put up a portion of its State Guard on a war footing, calling several hundred men to full-time duty. The people in the San Francisco area have learned that blueprints for constructing home bomb shelters will soon be released to the public. The plans are said to be simple enough for the average householder to use in making his own at a cost of about $150. Incendiary bombs have been rushed to the city by the Army experts so that pick squads of firemen, policemen, and other city employees can see actual demonstration of the handling of the fire bombs. Civilian groups also will be taught protection against war gases and how to form protective squads for industrial plants. While this program takes form, electricians have begun installing eight huge air raid sirens at elevated points throughout the city. Incidentally, if an air raid alarm should be sounded in the morning before school starts, the all-clear is not sounded before 8 a.m., there will be no school that day. Not business as usual, but Christmas as usual is the slogan of the hour. Come Harajito or high water, Santa Claus is coming to town on the West Coast. The people along the Pacific are busy wishing each other a happy, not a jappy, new year. Mayor Rossi of San Francisco has announced that the city by the Golden Gate will celebrate Christmas as usual. Civilian defense authorities are on record with a statement that there is no reason for canceling Yuletide parties. However, three suggestions have been made. One, to be sure the gathering place for the get-together can be blacked out. The second, have all the guests come before dark. Ask all the guests to arrive at varying times if the fare is large enough to create traffic congestion. And now here's a late bulletin just handed me from Chongqing. Chinese forces are reported to have delivered successful attacks north of besieged Hong Kong, compelling the Japanese to shift reinforcements to cope with the Chinese threat to that rear. This is the NBC Newsroom in San Francisco. We take you now to the newsroom in Washington. This is Morgan Beatty in Washington. The
1: economic wing of our fighting force has revealed for the first time the fact that Japan is not going to starve to death in this war, at least not any time soon. These economic soldiers, and they are soldiers, as important in the long run as fighting men, have studied for several years the productive capacity of our potential enemies. These nations have all been rated, and these ratings are carefully backed up with facts and nothing else. Today, the experts disclose that Japanese probably cannot be starved by a naval blockade. Japan is self-sufficient in food. Our economists have noted Japanese reports of rice shortages. These deceptive reports apparently have been circulated to get the Japanese people ready for rationing and to make us think there is a food shortage in Japan. The most careful authorities on economic warfare rate Japan fifth and last among the great powers. But they have reached the astounding conclusion that Japan is also self-sufficient in steel and iron. Thanks to heavy American imports of scrap in the past, and their own sources, and German ersatz machinery has played a part in that, too. That means Japan is weak in four essentials of war, oil, aluminum, tin, and rubber. She is weakest of all in oil resources, and that cannot be stressed too often. Military economists, for that reason, point to Burma and Borneo as the logical points for Japan to strike hard in the near future. Known Burmese oil production is about a million tons a year. Borneo production, about the same. Japan produces about 2 million tons a year, including synthetic products that Germans have shown them how to make. She has stored much oil, too, but how much is not known. This leads the economists to believe that Japan has no more than a year of high-speed, all-out warfare under her belt. However, these economists warn us not to assume Japan cannot fight for more than a year. Japan is not now fighting all out. She can keep up the kind of war she is now conducting for several years. The Japanese are practicing hit-and-run warfare for the moment. They're trying to make each expeditionary force count to the hilt with an absolute minimum risk of their fleet and their reserve defense forces. Naval experts qualified to gauge Japanese strategy constantly refer to our submarine force. The Japanese naval authorities are aware of this force, so there's no use keeping it secret. Today we scored two conspicuous victories with our subs but it cannot yet be told exactly what these successes were. Tokyo is boasting about their knowledge of our submarines for some reason. The Japs say they know we have 20 long-range submarines operating in waters near Japan, and these submarines are capable of guerrilla tactics. That means the Japanese think they're independent of our fleet, perhaps. We're letting them think what they please. Incidentally, the experts are aware of the very clever type of propaganda warfare the Japanese are waging. It is effective only if the reading and listening public in this country relaxes in its duty, and that duty is to avoid jumping at weird conclusions based on Japanese propaganda. Take today's clever Tokyo release. The Japanese tell us they have broken the encirclement of Japan by the capture of Guam. If you take a hasty look at the map and see how close is Guam to Japan, you might be tempted to agree that this is a great Japanese victory. But if you're careful... You will realize the apparent purpose of that statement is to trap americans into conceding that we have been trying to encircle japan we have never tried to encircle japan as for guam our own naval communiques merely say guam has probably been captured the conquest of tiny guam even if the japanese have taken it has no strategic importance to us whatever it is too close to japan for us to worry about at this stage of the war game in other words we're not going to risk large sections of our fleet right under the noses of Japanese air power, until our strategists get good and ready to do that. They may be ready to do it tomorrow. They may not be ready for a year or longer. Nobody except the high command knows it, and nobody is going to reveal it. That's all for now. NBC
0: has brought you up to the minute on the news with bulletins from New York, the latest in the Pacific Theater from San Francisco, and Morgan Beatty speaking from Washington. This is the National Broadcasting Company.